A Journal of the Plague Year, being observations or memorials of the most remarkable occurrences, as well public as private, which happened in London during the last great visitation in 1665, written by a citizen who continued all the while in London, never made public before. Episode 1 Defoe begins his story with an account of the discovery of a few cases of the plague in St. Giles Parish in the winter of 1664-65. The slow and close-grained way in which he describes the alternating terror and relief caused by the reporting of new cases, followed by periods of abatement, builds dramatic tension very effectively. One of the highlights of this episode is the little editorializing he does about the ability of the media to both report rumors and to embellish them for effect. This, along with his remarks about the speed at which news traveled in the author's day, quote, instantly over the whole nation, unquote, lend a faint irony to the account, as they're pretty much how we would describe our situation today. Defoe concludes the episode with descriptions of the mass exodus from the city of those who were wealthy enough, and of rumors of restrictions on travel soon to come. It was about the beginning of September 1664 that I, among the rest of my neighbors, heard in ordinary discourse that the plague was returned again in Holland, for it had been very violent there, and particularly at Amsterdam and Rotterdam in the year 1663, whither, they say, it was brought, some said from Italy, others from the Levant, some among goods which were brought home by their turkey fleet, others said it was brought from Candia others from Cyprus. It mattered not where whence it came, but all agreed it was come into Holland again. We had no such thing as printed newspapers in those days to spread rumors and reports of things and to improve upon them by the invention of men, as I have lived to see practice since. But such things as these were gathered from the letters of merchants and others who corresponded abroad, and from them was handed about by word of mouth only, so that things did not spread instantly over the whole nation, as they do now. But it seems that the government had a true account of it, and several councils were held about ways to prevent its coming over, but all was kept very private. Hence it was that this rumor died off again, and people began to forget it as a thing they were very little concerned in, and that we hoped was not true. Till the latter end of November, or the beginning of December 1664, when two men, said to be Frenchmen, died of the plague in Longacre, or rather at the upper end of Drury Lane. The family they were in endeavored to conceal it as much as possible, but as it had gotten some vent in the discourse of the neighborhood, the secretaries of state got knowledge of it, and concerning themselves to inquire about it, in order to be certain of the truth, two physicians and a surgeon were ordered to go to the house and make inspection. This they did, and finding evident tokens of the sickness upon both the bodies that were dead, they gave their opinions publicly that they had died of the plague. 
whereupon it was given in to the parish clerk, and he also returned them to the hall. And it was printed in the weekly bill of mortality in the usual manner thus. Plague, two. Parishes infected, one. The people showed a great concern at this, and began to be alarmed all over the town, and the more, because in the last week in December 1664, another man died in the same house, and of the same distemper. And then we were easy again for about six weeks, when none having died with any marks of infestation, it was said the distemper was gone. But after that, I think it was about the 12th of February, another died in another house, but in the same parish and in the same manner. This turned the people's eyes pretty much towards that end of town, and the weekly bills showing an increase of burials in St. Giles Parish more than usual, it began to be suspected that the plague was among the people at that end of town, and that many had died of it, though they had taken care to keep it as much from the knowledge of the public as possible. This possessed the heads of the people very much, and few cared to go through Drury Lane, or the other streets suspected, unless they had extraordinary business that obliged them to it. Besides this, it was observed with great uneasiness by the people that the weekly bills in general increased very much during these weeks, although it was a time of year when usually the bills are very moderate. The usual number of burials within the bills of mortality for a week was from about 240 or thereabouts to 300. The last was esteemed a pretty high bill, but after this we found the bills successively increasing, so that from the 17th to the 24th of January, 474 burials were recorded. This last bill was really frightful, being a higher number that had been known to have been buried in one week since the preceding visitation of 1656. However, all this went off again, and the weather proving cold, and the frost, which began in December, still continuing very severe even till near the end of February, attended with sharp though moderate winds, the bills decreased again, and the city grew healthy, and everybody began to look upon the danger as good as over. Only that still the burials in St. Giles continued high. From the beginning of April, especially, they stood at 25 each week, till the week from the 18th to the 25th, when there was buried in St. Giles Parish 30, whereof two of the plague and eight of the spotted fever, which was looked upon as the same thing. Likewise, the number that died of the spotted fever in the whole increased, being eight the week before and twelve the week above named. This alarmed us all again, and terrible apprehensions were among the people, especially the weather being now changed and growing warm, and the summer being at hand. However, the next week there seemed to be some hopes again, the bills were low, the number of the dead in all was but 388, and there was none of the plague and but four of the spotted fever. This was the beginning of May, yet the weather was temperate, variable, and cool enough, and people had still some hopes. That which encouraged them was that the city was healthy, the whole 97 parishes buried but 54, and we began to hope that, as it was chiefly among the people at that end of the town, it might go no farther, and the rather because the whole next week, which was from the 9th of May to the 16th, there died but three, of which not one within the whole city or liberties, and St. Andrew's buried but fifteen, which was very low. Tis true St. Giles buried two and thirty, 
But still, as there was but one of the plague, people began to be easy. The whole bill was very low, for the week before the bill was but 347, and the week above mentioned but 343. We continued in these hopes for a few days, but it was only for a few. For the people were no more to be deceived thus. They searched the houses and found that the plague was really spread every way, and that many died of it every day, so that now all our extenuations abated, and it was no more to be concealed. Nay, it quickly appeared that the infection had spread itself beyond all hopes of abatement, that in the parish of St. Giles it was gotten into several streets, and several families lay all sick together, and, accordingly, in the weekly bill for the next week, the thing began to show itself. But those were trifling things to what followed immediately after, for now the weather set in hot, and from the first week in June the infection spread in a dreadful manner, and the bills rose high. The articles of the fever, spotted fever, and teeth began to swell, for all that could conceal their distempers did it, to prevent their neighbors shunning and refusing to converse with them, and also to prevent authority shutting up their houses, which, though it was not yet practiced, yet was threatened, and people were extremely terrified at the thoughts of it. Till this week the city continued free, there having never any died, except that one Frenchman whom I mentioned before, within the whole ninety-seven parishes. Now there died four within the city, one in Wood Street, one in Fenchurch Street, and two in Crooked Lane. Southwark was entirely free, having not one yet died on that side of the water. I lived without Aldgate, about midway between Aldgate Church and Whitechapel Bars, on the left hand or north side of the street. And as the distemper had not reached to that side of the city, our neighborhood continued very easy. But at the other end of the town their consternation was very great, and the richer sort of people, especially the nobility and gentry from the west part of the city, thronged out of town with their families and servants in an unusual manner. And this was more particularly seen in Whitechapel, that is to say, the broad street where I lived. Indeed, nothing was to be seen but wagons and carts, with goods, women, servants, children, and so forth, coaches filled with people of the better sort, and horsemen tending them, and all hurrying away. Then empty wagons and carts appeared, and spare horses with servants, who, it was apparent, were returning, or sent from the countries to fetch more people, besides innumerable numbers of men on horseback, some alone, others with servants, and, generally speaking, all loaded with baggage and fitted out for traveling, as anyone might perceive by their appearance. This was a terrible and melancholy thing to see, and as it was a sight which I could not but look on from morning to night, for indeed there was nothing else of moment to be seen, it filled me with very serious thoughts of the misery that was coming upon the city, and the unhappy condition of those that would be left in it. This hurry of the people was such for some weeks that there was no getting at the Lord Mayor's door without exceeding difficulty. There were such pressing and crowding there to get passes and certificates of health for such as traveled abroad, for without these there was no being admitted to pass through the towns upon the road or to lodge in any inn. Now, as there had none died in the city for all this time, my Lord Mayor gave certificates of health without any difficulty 
to all those who lived in the 97 parishes and to those within the liberties too, for a while. This hurry, I say, continued some weeks, that is to say, all the month of May and June, and the more because it was rumored that an order of the government was to be issued out to place turnpikes and barriers on the road to prevent people traveling, and that the towns on the road would not suffer people from London to pass for fear of bringing the infection along with them, though neither of these rumors had any foundation but in the imagination, especially at first. <laughs> 